Welcome to the Insight Podcast. My guest today is Alex Manzi. Alex is a life coach, author, and podcast host who wants to help you find inner peace, clarity, and happiness. We talk about what's something he's learned to value, what is clarity and how can we find it, reflections on depression and the role of acceptance, what are his thoughts on masculinity in 2023, our relationship with social media, and more. Enjoy the episode. So, Alex, what's something that other people value, but you don't? Oh, geez. Straight in, straight off the bat. <laughs> uh, something that other people value that I don't. Oh, that's a really great question. Um, oh, I don't know. I need to think about that. Uh, something that other people value that I don't. Hmm. Okay, let, let, let's go real with this one. I'm getting better with it time with my family hmm. i'm getting better with that um because I've, I've i've lived with my parents for most of my life apart from maybe like five years and um i think like you just you know you especially parents right you take you take them for granted um and i'm really starting to see how like my relationship with them over the last few years hasn't really been as good as i'd perhaps want it to be hmm. um so this year i'm really making like a, a conscious effort to you know, to, to see the value in them a lot more, you know, yeah. and, and, and then because of that, the relationship will, you know, inevitably get better and, and grow and, and, and the rest of it. So yeah, man, I'd probably have to say that if I'm really honest. No, that's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? So, so you didn't value them perhaps as much as you should have a few years ago and now. Yeah. More. I think you, 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 you like I said, you, you take, well, I don't speak for anyone else. I've taken them for granted, you know, and all of the wonderful things that they've done for me and, you know, how, you know, how I've been raised and, um, just the way that they, they show love to me, you know, their, mm. their way is probably very different to mine. Um, like my mum, for example, was very, very much like her, her version of giving love is through the things that she does. So like cooking, cleaning, mm-hmm. um, you know, buying things for you. Like if I, I might mention like, Oh, I don't know, like recently she bought me this thing where it's like you, you, um, because you know when you buy bananas, right? This is super. You know when you buy bananas, but you didn't expect that. <laughs> you know when you buy bananas, you're supposed to keep them away from the other fruit because apparently there's something in the banana that, like, um, it's like a chemical that it releases that makes other fruits ripen quicker. Um, so you're supposed to keep it away from the other fruits, and you're supposed to hang them so they're not laying down. They're supposed to hang like they would be if they were on a tree. So she bought me this thing that you kind of, it's like a, a stand with a hook that you hook your bananas on. It's <laughs> called it's a like, banana hanger, I think. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <I'm yeah. joking>. <laughs> <laughs> and um, just, again, it's like her expression of showing love is like, you know, just buying it for me and, you know, on Amazon or whatever. And again, it's sent yeah. to my flat. Um, so stuff like that. And then my dad, you know, again, he's very, he, he's very different. He, his version of love is just like, you know, um, just like, I don't know, uh, paying for things, you know, I don't, I don't have, you know, you go out for dinner and he, he's like, no, nah, don't worry about it. He'll pay for it. Or, um, like me and him go to the, the Arsenal matches quite a lot. And like, you know, he'll, if, if we have a drink, he'll pay for it. Or if we get some food, he'll pay for it. Like he, 
that's his version of showing love. And I used to get really annoyed, like, oh, I'm a grown man. I can pay for my own. <laughs> but it's just like, I've started to appreciate like, no, it's just my dad's way of like showing love. And if I can see that in him and see the gold in, you know, how, what he's doing and how he's doing it, the same with my mum, then I appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I did think you were going to go in a different direction with that banana thing there. I thought you were going to kind of talk about how there's always someone in the fa- family that kind of poisons the other people around them and, and uh. kind of spoils them too quickly. But no, I, yeah, I completely see what you mean. People talk about love languages, don't they? I think yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. thing, exactly. different people's love languages. So that's really interesting. Interesting. And uh, I like how you slipped in that you go to Arsenal games. I guess you're a pretty happy man at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, you can see the shirt in the background. Right? I can, I can. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, love to yeah, see yeah. it, love to see it. Cool. So, um, so what's clarity? What is clarity? Yeah. This is something that you do, don't, um, don't you, with your, with your coaching work, with mm-hmm. your podcast, um, you write. Um, I think one of the topics that you talk about is clarity. So what, what is clarity and, and how can we find it? Mm. So in, in my opinion, clarity is something that's innate within us. Um, and what I mean by that is like we're born with it. You know, when we're children, for example, and we're, we're you know, young, young children, we can't talk, we can't communicate. We've got just unlimited clarity that we're tapped into. And we channel that clarity into many different things. You know, if I'm hungry, I cry. If I'm happy, I laugh. If you know, I'm tired, I sleep if I'm whatever, right? We, and we, we channel it. And, you know, as we grow up as, as, you know, toddlers and, you know, our our clarity again, it's always there, you know, little kids are are well known for just saying what's on their mind, you know, that it's like they don't have a filter and it's just like they, they, they don't have the, um, layer of thought that stops them from, um, saying or acting or, or, you know, doing certain things. And it's like, they're just coming from that, that pure place of clarity. Right. So to me, clarity is something that's, that's built into us. It's, it's, it's like our default factory setting. You know, if we had a button at the back of our head and we pressed reset, you know, it's, mm. it would, it would wipe our memory and whatever, and we'd return to clarity. So for me, like it, seeing that and, and understanding that better for myself and, and what, what that's looked like is, you know, okay, so if clarity is inbuilt and it's innate, then I must have access to it all the time, right? So I started playing around with this idea. And what I started to see is like, I used to think like, okay, I need to meditate every day to like have that moment of clarity, or I need to do certain things to have that moment of clarity. But what I've started to notice over time is that the clarity can be accessed at any point. So um, the way, uh, a way to that I, I, I've experienced it is like the practice of meditation and the state of meditation are two entirely different things. The practice of meditation is sitting down, you know, maybe lighting a candle or some incense, closing your eyes, getting in a comfortable position, breathing, noticing your thoughts, right? That's the practice of meditation. The state of meditation is what you access through the practice. Mm. The state of meditation is always available to us. So I've played around with, well, what if I can access the state of meditation, i.e. clarity in any moment? And I've started to notice that as I've done that, my life has become a lot more free, a lot more um, fulfilling, a lot more fun, a lot more uh, light and breezy, you know, and delightful. Um, So to me, you know, clarity is really something that we always have access to. Um, whether we realize it or not, we always have access to clarity and we're either channeling 
our clarity through our layer of thinking, which is getting in the way, or we're, we're aware of it and we're channeling the clarity as it's meant to, to be channeled. Mm-hmm. So clarity is innate. I like that. I like that. Um, and meditation is an interesting one because I've, I think I've kind of maybe gone through a similar journey where I've, you know, threw myself into it. I've made it a part of my kind of daily routine and then would tell anyone that asked how, yeah, of course I meditate every day and um, it's changed me. And if I don't meditate, I'll just have a, a different day. And then actually it got to the point where, you know, I didn't for a few days and then I didn't for a few weeks, I didn't for a few months. And it was like, actually, no, I, I think it helped me access something and it did change me. But then you start to see, like you said, that it's it's about how you go. It's a it's how you go about your daily life, and and we can access that state, and we can pause, and we can not listen to every single thought that comes into our our mind. And that's not just during meditation. This you know, the, like you said, the sitting down practice that is throughout our day, isn't it? It's um not easy, but it's something that um, I'm working on, and yeah tricky <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny because like some i remember i had a conversation with someone a while back so i was a a, a daily meditator for like five mm. years and um there's a couple of instances where I've, I've you know i used to use the the headspace app yeah. and you can you you get like a run streak so every day that you meditate it adds a, a day onto your run streak and I, re- I remember like twice i did like over 100 days in a row one time I actually got up to like 197 and then I missed a day and then I was pissed because I was so close to 200. <laughs> That's a different story. Um, and so like I, I was a very, very regular meditator, like every day pretty much for about five, maybe six years. And I remember like two, three years ago, someone said like something like meditation isn't something that you get from. You don't get something from meditation. It's something that you give to you give your time you give your energy and give your presence and through that you can access what you want right which is the clarity or the peace or the stillness or whatever um and that always stuck with me because it was like well this idea of 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 clarity being innate and being our, our default setting you know who do i need to be to give myself to that all the time mm-hmm. and it's just yeah just playing around with that and seeing what what happens and yeah, man, there's been massive shifts in my life. I used to be someone who was so anxious and caught up in my own head and an overthinker and, you know, a bunch of stuff. But the more that I've given to that space, that stillness within me, that clarity, the more that that stuff has just naturally fallen away without me necessarily having to do anything. Yeah, I can resonate with that. And it's it's for sure a, a powerful tool, isn't it? But I think what maybe this last year has taught me is that it's not the be all and end all and it's not the only approach and it's not a silver bullet either it's not like if you meditate daily that you know you're you're not going to have intrusive thoughts you're not going to be anxious you're not going to be low all these things there's there's much more to it but that doesn't take anything away from the fact that i think meditation is incredibly powerful oh dude 100 percent, man yeah. I, I, I still recommend it to people yeah you know yeah. i say look I try meditation i say i don't do it and i explain why and i tell them a little bit of what i've just told you yeah. Like I say try it because without having meditated, I wouldn't have had a greater understanding of my own thinking and that space to just observe your thinking and notice mm-hmm. how how wild it is. You know, you can be yeah. sat there <laughs> and all of a sudden you're thinking about what did you, what did I have for dinner last Tuesday? Or you're thinking about like, oh, I wonder what would happen if like all of the 
trees in the world just like fell over. Do you know what I mean? Just like the most random stuff. And you're like, how the hell is that? And you're just like watching these thoughts pop into your head and you're like, this is crazy. Is this what goes yeah. on all day? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That mental chatter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quieting it down. And I think it is funny how you get the, these streaks on, on um, meditation apps and you get a bit attached to them. And that that's kind of the opposite of what you want, isn't it, from meditation mm. and what the yogis were talking about 2,000 years ago, not to be attached to this and, mm. you know, sharing on social media, which I've done in the past. And then you look back and go, that was not the point. But anyway, that's another another story. <laughs> um I wanted to share with you something. Uh, I came across a reel, and it was last night actually that I came across this reel, and it's Stephen Fry, Stephen Fry talking about depression. I don't know if you've seen this. Has it popped I, up for I, you? Possibly, possibly. possibly. I, I definitely didn't see it last night. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that really would be strange. Wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to say this word for word. It's kind of paraphrase, but he was he was talking about depression, um, and he was saying the first mistake is to think that it's not real. Um, you know, thinking to yourself, I'm just imagining it. The second mistake is to think, what did I do to make me feel like this? And the third mistake is thinking it will never go away. And he mm. kind of finishes the video, um, responding to each of those, trying to remind people it, it is real. You are feeling low at the moment. It's not your fault and it will pass. So it's real, it's out of your control and it will pass. And I was just, I think this, seeing that, last night and then knowing I was going to talk to you, I thought I'd, I wanted to share that with you and, and see if you had any thoughts about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I really, um, I really agree with the the sentiment of it. Um, you know, again, to, to just for a little bit of context, I, I lived for about between 18 and 25, like severely depressed. I didn't realize it at the time, but that was how I was living. I was miserable. Everything was dark and gloomy you know, I was having, you know, suicidal thinking and, you know, like just not a great, great experience as you can probably imagine. And, um, I had like a, a, a breakdown moment, um, in front of my ex-girlfriend and she, she was my girlfriend at the time, ex-girlfriend now. And it was the moment where I kind of admitted for the first time to someone and actually to myself that like, th this is how I've been feeling. And, um, a lot of my journey has been about accepting that. So kind of what Stephen Fry is saying is like letting go of the need to know why it's happened and just accept that that's what has been. Um, and then like learning that it was, it's a temporary state, right. And it, it can still come and go. Right. And it's not permanent. So one of the things like what I love there about what, what you said that he shared was like, you don't need to know why. It's happening, right? And I spent like, dude, like a year and a half trying to figure out why, and it didn't really get me anywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, it just, it just kind of kept me in that lost feeling a little bit. And one of the things that one of my mentors, um, a guy called Dr. Keith Blevins, says is never mind why, because the why doesn't really matter. And when you start to look into the why, why do I feel like this? Why is this happening to me? all that's happening is you're keeping the story alive mm. and you're, you're in some way, I don't know if, 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 uh, validating is probably not the right word that I'm looking for, but I hope, hopefully you get what I mean. It's like you're, 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 you know, giving meaning to the feeling and, and, and buying and keeping the story of it, you know, alive and keeping it in the forefront of your mind. And, what I noticed that over my journey, over that year, year and a half, the more I looked into why is this happening to me? Why, 
you know, um, I don't know, why is my life like this? You know, how did this happen? And all this sort of stuff. The more that I felt lost and the more that I felt confused and the more that I couldn't find the answer and I was trying to pinpoint it, is it like something that happened to me? Is it, and it, it just, it kept me in that, that negative feeling, right? Mm. That, that comes with the, the depression. And when I really let go of the need to know why, it, the, the, it just fell away by itself. The same way if, if you know, um, like my family have got a dog, right? So the same way if my dog does something that annoys me, I'm annoyed temporarily, yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm probably like, stupid dog, what you, like, if he gets mud on me or something, I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, what are you doing? <laughs> but I don't stay annoyed for like, the day or two weeks or three weeks or, or months or years because the feeling's temporary. And I understand that. And it's the same thing with depression. And I don't want to like, um, um, take out the seriousness of what people experience with depression because I've been there. Right. But it's more about understanding that it's a state of feeling and that feeling state is created through the, the the thinking that we're having in that moment if, if we're having low level thinking we have low level feelings and the low level feelings we then you know give a meaning to oh it's depression or it's this or it's that whereas and it's easy to get to get sucked into trying to understand why that why that's happening is what I'm, this is what happened to me when I let go of the need of it and I just accepted that's what had happened to me in my life up until that point the the feeling just started to dissipate on its own the same way my feeling of annoyance towards my dog when he does something like get mud on me just starts to dissipate on its own when I stop if, if I sat there going oh why are you doing this to me why has this happened to me why have you got to do this today why you know it's going to make me more annoyed at the dog and he's just innocent hmm. he doesn't know what he's done he's been innocent with it so imagine like seeing that there's an innocence in your own way of being in those states and that's what I saw for myself. I saw there was an innocence of it. I, you know, I said before, right? It was the first time I had admitted it to myself and someone else. There was an innocence in that. Like, I didn't know it was happening. It was just happening. Mm. And the more that I've seen the innocence in it, the more I've been able to um, forgive myself for having had that experience. And now when I look back, like in this conversation, I can talk about it. There's no judgment. There's no shame. There's no resentment. There's no guilt. There's no sadness about it. It's just, that's what an experience that I had. And I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm fine. I, I tell people about it all the time because I've truly accepted that there was an innocence in it. And when I see the innocence in it, it's easy to forgive. Mm-hmm. Never mind why. I think that's, mm. that's powerful. Yeah. The, the, the one thing that, uh, that just really, that you said that really, really caught on. Um, but it's funny, isn't it? Because, I mean, there's people around me that, they've kind of ticked all the boxes of what a a happy life should be, whether that's marriage, kids, cars, house, whatever it is. And people are still low, aren't they? And that just makes me kind of, it makes me think of that, the, the why and why is this happening to me? And it's, it's like, you can do all the right things, can't you? Or or what is suggested are the right things. (laughs) Um, by the people around us, by society, whatever, we can be doing all the right things and it can still just hit us, can't it? And, and there's no there's no reason why. Um, then you talking about acceptance, that it just, acceptance just seems to be coming up for me a, a lot at the moment with different people I talk to. Acceptance, like awareness and acceptance. And the fact that you're saying that that's, 
the only step you needed just to accept and then things just started to ease things just started to to get better mm. of, of course there are people maybe listening that um other that might be needed to take other approaches whatever that mm. is um but i just think that is it's really valuable what you've just shared the, the how important acceptance is and how that can kind of get you onto the path perhaps. Yeah. and and the thing is man as well like it for me it it's it's the key well you know again speaking from my experience right it's been the key component to you know getting beyond that experience you know because the acceptance has brought freedom you know the freedom from like i said the guilt the shame the judgment etc because after the fact after the fact of like i realized this is okay i've been living my life in that way after the fact the experience that i had i was having wasn't one of depression anymore it was the judgment the shame the guilt the embarrassment and all of that stuff right so the acceptance and and it's not like you know oh yeah i accept it it's like a deep acceptance like an acceptance in the same way that you know um i don't know like i'll accept that the sun is hot right i don't need to do anything with that information but i can accept it and then there's uh, implications of what that means it means that if the sun is hot i'll put sun cream on when i'm on the beach or i'll put shorts on and t-shirt in the summer right or not in the winter when it's colder right because the sun's not as hot um it's like seeing the implications of the acceptance of something and the implications for me of the acceptance of the experience that i had with depression was letting go it was a process of letting go of the feelings of judgment shame guilt resentment what what have you and with that came the freedom with that you know what what bubbled to the surface to go back to your first or second question was the clarity the peace you know the fulfillment and that's what we want isn't it that's what we're after mm. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of linked to that what what about masculinity and being a man in in 2023 like yeah. in the context of of two guys talking about depression um and being very open and honest this is something that seems to be more on people's radar more accepted people are doing it more now mm -hmm. i'm very lucky that i've got a group of friends that we all share with each other how we're feeling we we check in on each other maybe 10 15 years ago that wasn't so much the case um so I, know, I guess that's quite a loose question but mm. masculinity and and how this plays into to everything and to to wellness and to clarity and to happiness um, mm. what is the role there what, what do so, you think about that yeah i'm gonna go rogue here right so yeah. a lot of people might not agree with this i don't know but masculinity is a concept it doesn't actually exist you know and again let's refer to little children when a child is born male or female in the first two years of their life they don't have a concept of masculinity mm -hmm. they're, they're neither masculine nor feminine you know according to the societal uh description of of either of those right it's just a baby <laughs> you know they, <laughs> they need feeding you know they they need to sleep they need burping they need their nappies changed there's, there isn't a concept of masculinity or, or, or femininity to, to, for them to understand, for them to then buy into, for them to then live into, right? So if we go back to the, just the pure 
basics, right? Again, reset factory settings. It masculinity doesn't exist. It's a concept that is being constructed through society or over time or whatever. Again, it doesn't really matter. And we're choosing in some way, subconsciously or consciously, to live into it as men. We've grown up, you know, in an environment where being a man looks like this, being a woman looks like that. And I had this really fascinating conversation actually this week with um, this amazing lady called Sam. Um, and she, she, I can't remember her Instagram name, but she's written a book called Men Talk and she's written a female of, uh, equivalent. And she basically interviewed a hundred women and wrote a book about it. And then it went really well. So she wrote, she interviewed a hundred men and she wrote a book about it. And some of these interviews were like up to six, seven, eight hours long, like just purely just diving deep into like that man's experience of life. And she said to me something really fascinating. She said, there's such a stark difference between the way that men communicate versus women, like especially about their feelings, their emotions, what they feel. Um, it's, there, it's a lot more withheld. And when you give a man the opportunity to do so, they just open the floodgates, right? And she said, what she believes is the difference is that women have to talk about how they're feeling and what's going on because their bodies are always changing, you know, they've got a monthly cycle that their body's always going through. So they're going to have days, weeks where their emotions are high because of their hormones, because of, you know, biologically what's going on. So for women, like they naturally talk about that stuff more often because they're, they're always in a constant state of change. Whereas for men, biologically, we don't have the same cycle, not, not as far as science has, you know, shown us anyway, we might have a version of it. I don't know, which I believe we actually do, but that's another topic. Um, <laughs> um, so it's like women have grown up not only in a society where it's like, okay, this is how women behave, this is how men behave, but because their bodies are constantly changing and their their experiences changing all the time based on what's going on within them and therefore their mind state and their energy levels and et cetera, et cetera, they're open to talking about it and sharing that experience with each other. Whereas with men, we don't have such a black and white we have a version of it, like I said, but it's not as clear. You know, like I said, science hasn't proved it, but I believe it exists. So it's not as clear. And we we grow up not really having the 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 belief that, you know, we need to talk about this stuff. And again, I'm gonna go back to what I originally said. Both of these are a concept. Femininity, masculinity are concepts. A child when they're born, that they're, they're neither, they're just neutral. So there's a neutrality to to all of us, right? A reset, factory settings, takes us back to neutrality, to clarity. And so for me, masculinity is really about what, what are the ways that we're believing we should grow up and be like as men? Yeah. And what are the stories we're creating around that that we're then living into? And for me, for a long time, it was, Oh, you don't talk about your feelings. You don't talk about your emotions. When you're sad, you don't talk about it. You have to put on the brave face. You have to be strong. You have to, men don't cry. Um, all of these things. And I was really living into those as my experience of life. Whereas now, you know, I, <laughs> I'll be sat there watching like a, a film with my girlfriend and she'll know, she'll turn to me. She's like, are you crying? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> she'll know like when I'm crying because she'll know the moment that is, is getting to me and I, I'm cool with it. Like it's, I like it. I like to cry during movies. Why not? Like I get so invested in the story that it, it touches something in me that I think that's great. Right. Whereas like many years ago, I wasn't allowing that in. Mm -hmm. It was like, I always had a barrier up 
And um, to me, it's like really seeing that, you know, how have I created that barrier? What's the story that I'm living into that's creating that barrier? And am I willing to look beyond that story and in fact, see that that story is just make-believe and live into something new? Yeah, I really agree with that. What you just said at the end, and well, I mean, I cry at adverts. There are some adverts that are like proper tearjerkers. Oh, those John Lewis Christmas ones, man. They get me every year. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But that whole, what you just said about kind of letting go of that idea of masculinity and boys don't cry and not talking about it. You know, it reminds me of another video I saw, which was, you know, quite dramatic in the way that it was shot and presented and everything, but it was, um, someone asking the question, who do you call if you're feeling low, if you're not feeling good? And and lots of people had responded and it was them actually kind of in real life saying, I don't call anyone. Like I, I've got, either I've got no one to call or mm. I shouldn't bother anyone or they won't understand or no, I'm a man, so I shouldn't phone anyone. Um, mm. So that's what we've got to just break down, isn't it? Now we've got to mm. help people to let go of. And I just, I don't know, I hope conversations like this and have conversations like this help and I hope that just we're, we're all doing our bit aren't we we're just our immediate circle of people around us friends and family just hopefully being very open with them and giving them permission to be mm. open with us as well that's what I've found I think as well in this past year to give my give myself permission to be more vulnerable and then you realize how many people resonate with that and they go okay and and you find out how many people are going through the same thing and they appreciate you for sharing what you're thinking, how you're feeling, and then it gives them permission to open up as well. That's it. And I think that's something that we forget is like we 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 can create that space. We can create the space to have these more open conversations with it, it doesn't have to be our 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 our, you know, guy friends. It could be it could mm-hmm. be your sister, it could be your mom, it could be you know, a group of girls that, you know, it could be your partner. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter to be honest, but we can create the space within a relationship for that to become the norm. And, you know, as guys, we don't tend to do that. We create the space for banter, for piss taking, for, you know, you know, that kind of stuff, talking about sports or whatever. We don't really create the space for like, oh man, yeah, this is how I've been feeling. This is what's going on. And I remember like a couple of years ago, me and my friends, um, we started to, to really get into going for shisha like every couple of weeks or something. And there was a really cool shisha spot near where we lived in North London. And we'd, we'd go like every couple of weeks, we'd throw a message in the WhatsApp group, who fancies shisha tonight? And it'd be like a Wednesday or a Thursday or something. And what I really loved about it is it was such a social time for us to just sit around the table, no distractions, you know, you're not in a club where there's music or you're drinking or... You're just sat there, you're, 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 you're passing this pipe around and you're just having conversation. And we used to talk about everything, relationships, health, work, you know, obviously like football, like normal kind of guy stuff. But there, it felt like there was a different quality to the conversation that we were having than what we would normally have. Mm. And it's because we were creating that space with each other to really allow ourselves to just be present with each other. No one was really sat there on their phones, checking their phones. We were just sat talking, you know, and it wasn't, there wasn't any, um, you know, uh, substances involved like alcohol or, you know, anything like that. It was just, we were sat there, just, all right, tobacco, but right, <laughs> that, is, that is kind of a drug. But do you know what I mean? It was just the, the social environment was created between us. And we, 
And I used to love it, man. We used to sit back, we used to chill, we used to be there for a couple of hours, chat. And, you know, I always used to come away from those conversations like, wow, that was really fun, man. And it wasn't, it wasn't something that, that at the time that I was doing a lot of. And what mm. I've started to see now more recently is like, yeah, we can really create that space with people. You know, it's part of the work that I do when I work with clients is I create the space for vulnerability, for openness. I, I share quite openly, if you haven't really gathered that by listening to this, I'm, I'm happy to share quite openly about stuff and it creates the space for someone else to do the same. Mm. And, you know, if we're doing that in our personal relationships, this is a question for people to just ponder how different can you see those relationships could put, potentially be? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Creating space, creating space for the people around you, friends, family, colleagues, even and I guess with, for some people like watching sports or things like that, it kind of, it touches on that, doesn't it? Like, like mm. you mentioned, you can go and watch a football match or whatever it is. And you, you kind of have that time, but it's like, how can we, I guess what the, the example you gave, I guess you're all sat around a table, aren't you? You're looking at each other. Whereas if you go for a walk with your mates or you're going to the gym or something, it's not quite as uh, like close, is it? So it's like, how do we, how do we create those spaces and maybe spaces that are perhaps less damaging to our long-term health, you know, rather mm-hmm. than being at the pub or, or whatever. Um, so how do we go about that? I don't know, but I, but I guess just that's up to us, isn't it? In, yeah, and our it, circle of friends and what? Yeah, it's created, man. You, you yeah. could say, look, look, instead of going to the, the pub after work, why don't we go for a walk? Yeah, yeah. And and talk while you're walking. Like it's, you know, it doesn't have to be this or that. It can be both. It could be either. It doesn't, it doesn't mm-hmm. you know, and we get to create that. You know, we get to choose like, oh, instead of us going out Saturday night, why don't we meet for brunch on a Sunday and we can talk and we'll have coffee and tea yeah, instead yeah. of beers and, you know, wine or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's definitely where I'm at in my life now. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, not up late anymore. It's all about the, the mornings and having a coffee. <laughs> um, and the fact that, you know, all my friends are married with kids. So mm. that's kind of <laughs> one of the more likely options at the moment. <laughs> um, so kind of, well, we kind of come towards the end of, of the episode now, but so one of the questions I was going to lead into from that, you know, talking about clarity, um, talking about you being very open and sharing. I guess one of the avenues for you to do that is social media. Um, and you give lots of, you know, you make videos that are very helpful. We're talking about our thoughts, feelings, and, and, and different things like that. Um, we've kind of already touched on the things that I wanted to ask you about, but I was just wondering what, I will get to this question eventually, <laughs> what your relationship is with social media at the moment. Mm. Um you see what I mean? Because it's kind of like we, it looks like you do a lot to put things out there and I'm sure there's a lot of work behind the scenes, but is it that you're using social media less now or more now? Um, I don't know, is your, your opinion, your outlook on social media change recently? And mm. is it something that can affect people's clarity and affect people's mood? I don't know. Hmm. Any thoughts? <laughs> it's a good question, actually. And I haven't really pondered that for myself. So the, what, what's coming up for me is like the way that I've used social media has changed. I wouldn't say I use it any less, but I think the way I use it has changed. I used to, because I worked for a long time in social media. So I used to work at the BBC and create social media for Radio 1 and 1 Extra, like creating content and stuff. Um, and also did some jobs for Spotify and like a big part of my life, like five, five and a half years was, was purely creating content. So mm. 
one of my friends once described me as being a content machine. <laughs> he was like, dude, you're just always fucking putting out videos and writing stuff. And, and I was like, it's just second nature, man. Like, I've done it as a career for so long. It's, it's only right and natural that it comes to me so easily. Right. Um, but what I've seen recently is that I'm, I, I, I'm spending less time on it from a, from a posting perspective. And I'm spending more time actually just having conversations with people in the DMs, like getting to know people and mm. just like really humanizing the way that I use it. Before it was very much like output, 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 output. And again, but that was fun for me. I wasn't doing it for any particular purpose other than like I record a podcast. I like sharing stuff that I'm learning. I like making content. So social media seems a great place to put stuff out, right? Um, but what I've noticed recently is that I'm... I'm shifting more towards that, just humanizing my use, you know, of, of social media. Like if I was in a, I don't know, if I went to some kind of event and there was like, you know, 50 people in the room, I wouldn't just want to stand there and just, just start shouting stuff out like, Hey man, like that. I don't want to go up to people and talk to them. Right. So it's yeah. like, it's a version of that through social media. Um, so I, I'm, I post less than I used to and I don't spend less time on social media. I just spend more time having conversations with people in the DMs, sending voice notes, writing yeah. back to people, um, getting to know the people who who engage with the stuff that I do post. Um, and not really for any particular outcome, just I, I find that fun, you know? Um, but that being said, in the next couple months, like I'm really going to be ramming up my uh, output on social media because <laughs> I've got, you know, a lot of stuff coming from my podcast. Um, I've started a new podcast with my friend, Sachin um called Nerd Life Coaches, where we, we talk about our learnings from um like animes and TV shows and movies and video games that we've played. And it's like we, we've been living together for the last six months and we, we we basically in the evening when we're done, we just we sit and we talk and we're like, oh man, yeah, like we you know that you know, remember in Star Wars when this thing happened and it's like, yeah, have you seen how like Darth Vader's like that? And this guy's and we 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 do like mini breakdowns. And we were just like, oh, this is fun. Why, why don't we just start recording this and make a podcast out of it? And um, which is what we started doing, which is wicked. Um, so it's like loads of stuff like that, that, that will be coming. Um, but what I think I've used social media for over the years and particularly in the last couple of years is like more, more like a journal, mm. like a journal of, of my journey and what I'm learning. You know, it's a place to, to really document, okay, like this is something that I learned and let me share it in my stories or like last night I was just sat on the sofa and I was thinking about something. I was like, Oh, this is quite cool. Actually. I just, let me record a quick little story about it. And it was just like, uh, this is what I've learned. This is something I've been thinking about kind of thing. And I've been doing a lot more of that. Um, and it's less about, you know, okay, can I get the views and can I do this yeah, and yeah. can I grow my account, which is where I used to be coming from. And it's more about, okay, what, what's actually going on for me? that I would like to share because when I share it, it helps me take the understanding deeper for myself and it might resonate with someone else. So it's a win-win. Um, so that's how I've been using it. And, um, the, the other question you asked was about cat, saying about feeling other people's feelings and social, I can't remember exactly how you worded it. Um, but it was like, can social media have an impact on how people feel or yeah, something like that? And, and on their clarity, on their clarity. And I think, I think, it can, and I will say it's not the fault, the fault's maybe not the right word. It's not social media specifically that's creating mm. that. 
it's the way in which someone is using social media which creates that so a lot of people and i'm very fortunate i'm i'm you know even when i was you know at my worst in terms of depression and stuff i never really used social media as an escape um and what i see with a lot of people and and based on the you know hundreds of conversations i have a year people use social media as a way to escape something and they just sit there and they scroll for hours and hours and hours and hours on end and it's it, it it's like they're using it as a as a a way to to feel something or get something and what i've seen is and i've experienced a little bit of this is like a lot of like comparison comes up self judgment because you're seeing other people's lives and you're like oh wow like they're doing better than me and i could why aren't i living my life like that and then you judge yourself for it and again it's not necessarily the the fault of social media it's the way in which we're using it so like now for example what's changed for me is i'm coming from the place of i'm using social media as a way to share things that i'm learning and to meet people so i don't i don't get i don't fall into the the trap of comparison or self judgment or self dep- uh, depreciation um a little bit i'm not i'm going to say i'm perfect a little bit but it's not as much as it can be and i'm aware of that and i'm very intentional with that you know even with the people that i follow i follow people that inspire me that's it you know i don't just follow people because they've got loads of followers or if someone inspires me i fo- there's probably accounts that I, I follow that you know i've been following for years that I haven't quite managed to sift out yet but <laughs> generally speaking when i go on my feed it's is accounts that that inspire me people that inspire me um and it's 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 it, i use it in a way of like oh wow that's really cool wow rather than like oh my god like why can't i be more like that and and it's funny because also like being someone who who creates and puts out a lot of content i'm very very aware that there are people who could be looking at my content in that way comparing themselves to me mm-hmm. so I'm very I'm very mindful of that so that when I'm sharing I want it to be real and honest. I don't want it to be like oh look it's all you know flowers and roses and sunshine. I want it to be like actually this is something that I'm going through right now. This is something I'm learning. This is my experience right now. Um so yeah that hopefully that kind of answers the the questions. Right. Um I've got three more questions to ask mm-hmm. you, which are, um, I'm like, I like to call them the insight questions, three pretty deep, I'd like to think, questions that I can ask my guests to really get to know them and hopefully give the audience something to, to take away and think about. And the first question is, what's one lesson that you wish you'd have been taught as a child? Oh, um, one lesson. I, uh, I think it goes back to what I said earlier, man, never mind why. Yeah. You know, I think that that alleviates so much. <laughs> yeah. You know, never mind why it doesn't matter. You know, it just things are as they are and that's it. You know, I think for me that that's that's a really impactful lesson. Um and and that that would be something that I think would have changed a lot of how my life, you know, in the earlier years played out. Not that I, reg- I regret it, I don't at all. So I wouldn't be here today, you know, doing this, having this conversation, but I think there's just a powerful lesson in that, um, you know, generally. Yeah. Acceptance and maybe less beating ourselves up about mm. how, when, when things pan out the way they do. Yeah. Um, the second question is what's one habit that you think, uh, that you'd kind of recommend to other people. And it, this maybe could be a habit that you add or a habit that you take away. Um, 
something that could could have a, a real impact on someone's mm. life and even the people around them as well. I, I think I would say that the thing that's been most impactful for me is doing something productive for myself in the mornings. So I like to go to the gym in the morning or have a little stretch or mobility workout in my room. Um, it could be going out for a walk. It could be, you know, listening to a podcast that you like. It could be um, meditating like we were saying earlier, but doing something productive for you in the morning to set your day out in a way where it's very intentional that you're you're prioritizing yourself first. I think that's invaluable, man. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And it could be five, 10 minutes, can't it? And that might yeah. be setting the alarm for five or 10 minutes more uh, earlier, sorry, and use that time purposefully, reading a book, whatever it is. I, yeah, exactly. I like, that. I like that. And talking of books, the last question is, if you could give everyone, every adult in the world, one book, which book would it be? Yeah. Uh, that's a deep okay i'm gonna mm, i'm gonna go with being human by amy johnson um it's not a very well-known book Mm. uh, but this book fundamentally changed my understanding of my relationship i have with my own thinking and understanding kind of what we were talking about earlier that it helped me take the understanding to a deeper level should i say of like our clarity is is innate within us you know we're born with innate perfect mental health um and this book really helped me to to take the understanding to another level and it's written in a very easily digestible way it's like you're talking with your mate um it's brilliant it, and and i would if everyone read a copy of that book like two three times that like the world would be a much different place yeah yeah oh, that's a great recommendation because I've, I've never heard of that it's it sounds great and i'm i'm gonna go and order it as soon as we get off this <laughs> recording awesome. nice one um Right. Well, before I let you go, can you share where people can connect with you on social media? Yeah, man. Media? Best place is Instagram. Um, at I am Alex Manzi. Um, come say hi. I'd love to know, you know, what what you're hearing in this episode for you. Um, and also, like, I want to shout you out as well, Samuel. Like, you, what you're creating here with this podcast is amazing. Like, we've done this a couple times now, and the conversations have always been so light and vibrant and full of like really great stuff. And I know this is something that you're super passionate about. And the way that you're showing up in the world to, to create a space for this, for conversations like this is invaluable, man. Cause people, even if it's one person listening to these conversations could be really life-changing for them. So yeah, man, I want to re- really appreciate you for, for this space as well. Oh man, that, you made my day by saying that. I really appreciate it. Um, and coming from someone with your, uh, the work that you do and, and your experience as a podcast host as well, that, that really means a lot. Cheers, Alex, man. Pleasure, man. Right, we will stay in touch for sure. Speak to you soon. Peace. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you found my conversation with Alex Manzi insightful. If you did, we'd both love to hear from you. Get in touch with your comments and questions via the social media links in the show notes. Please share the episode with friends, family and colleagues who you think would find it helpful. You can also support the podcast by following and rating the show on whichever app you're listening on. Thank you again, and I look forward to bringing you another episode soon.